What's up, guys? Welcome into another Fantasy and Sports Podcast. This is your host, Vivek Iron. Today, we're going to be discussing the Bucks offense, Dave Johnson hype, and Darius Geis, along with some listener questions. And if you guys don't know, submit your questions into fantasyandsports at gmail.com. That's fantasyandsports at gmail.com. And I'll usually answer them once a month or so. So, yeah, let's get started. So, first, let's talk about the Bucks offense. And obviously, it's had a lot of hype surrounding it this offseason. Ever since Bruce Arians uh, moved in as the next head coach with this vertical passing attack that's often high-powered, people have been hyping up that entire offense for, it seems like, the whole offseason. Now, there is some merit to this, as ownership said that Jameis Winston would be the quarterback, and uh, they like confirmed that by getting rid of Ryan Fitzpatrick. This basically indicates to me that Jameis is their uh, quarterback, at least for this year, where he may not be a franchise quarterback, but they're giving him all the shot that he needs this year to prove himself. And despite the fact that he isn't a great nor uh, like uh, real-life quarterback, he is an amazing fantasy quarterback and produces great fantasy wide receivers. Mike Evans, I feel like, will get a slight boost with a couple more targets a game due to the vacated targets from DJ and uh, Adam Humphreys. On the other hand, we have uh, Chris Godwin, who I think is going to get a massive boost. There has been a lot of hype, and he's been creepy up into the 6th uh, and 5th round sometimes, so he definitely won't be undervalued entering the draft. However, in Dynasty Leagues, like he is someone to target because there may be a couple owners out there who don't know of his added potential. There are other beneficiaries, though, such as O.J. Howard, because Jameis Winston loves targeting his tight ends, especially more so than Ryan Fitzpatrick, and with those vacated targets, he is definitely going to be looking for him. Bruce Arians often doesn't employ his tight ends uh, as much as we'd like, but just the fact that James is a quarterback should uh, be enough to trust Jordan or to trust OJ Howard next season. Excuse me. Uh, for Ronald Jones, I'm a fan because you can often get him in like the 12th, 13th round of drafts, and if you could get him there, and there is a chance that he is the starting running back over Payne Barber then, well, that's just great. Like, that's ex- that's extraordinary value on that type of running back. And at that point, you're basically not paying anything uh, because uh, usually those get replaced by streamers or uh, people from the waiver wire anyway. All right, so now let's move on to David Johnson. Like the Bucks' offense, there's been a lot of hype surrounding David Johnson this offseason, primarily due to Cliff Kingsbury being the new head coach. This, coupled with Kyler Murray hype coming out of the draft, has resulted in David Johnson's stock rising in Dynasty and in redraft leagues. Now, I do not believe as much in this David Johnson hype because I feel like Cliff Kingsbury is incredibly unproven. And in Dynasty, while it might be exciting and it definitely will boost his value, uh, in redraft leagues, I'd rather wait off one year. Uh, just to make sure that if they do draft Kyle Murray, he says he settles in nicely. And I think in a couple years, it will complement David Johnson well because uh, Kyler is a mobile running, uh, mobile quarterback. And if they don't end up getting Kyler Murray, then the offense is not going to be all that much different. And that's especially why I don't like David Johnson as much as so many other people do. But again, it's based off a of perspective. Next, let's talk about Darius Geis. 
And Darius, guys, uh, out of LSU, he's had an enormous amount of talk surrounding him and his abilities coming off of an ACL. Again, coming off of an ACL. This is one of the reasons why I don't like guys at all in redraft leagues this year. Just to throw out a couple of names, we'll go in half PPR. Rather have James White, Tariq Cohen, rather have Marlon Mack, Phil Lindsay. Like, all these guys I'd rather have than um, Darius guys. Because I feel like they're proven commodities. And uh, while they and Darius guys is likely going to split uh, backfield carries, at least this season, with Adrian Peterson for uh, the start of it. Maybe till like, week six, week seven-ish. And just having that limited ceiling coupled with the injury risk and the fact that I don't really believe in his talent. Like, if we look at his NFL draft and combine profile, we could see that although he was a completely different player in 2016 while he was healthy and had good combination of speed, power, and uh, a well-built body, there are some weaknesses. One of them namely being the injury concerns, his average burst, and the fact that he just needs to like body up in uh, protection, like in pass protection. And if he doesn't do that, then Darius guys uh, won't be on the field all the time because of like they'll sub in other running backs on uh, downs where they need extra protection. So yeah, that's one thing that I'm not sure uh, has going for Darius guys. Let's get to a couple of questions. And Josh from Canada writes, uh, on Johnson or Marlon Mack next year? I would honestly say, like, this depends on format, so let's break it down. So in non-PPR, I'll take Marlon Mack, because I think Mack has a much more secure role, especially since the Lions just signed CJ Anderson. Now, let's go back a bit before where you had uh, the signing of uh, Malcolm Brown, but his offer sheet was signed by the Rams. Uh, since he was a restricted free agent, meaning that the Lions did not get Malcolm Brown. The fact that they still went after and signed C.J. Anderson, both of them being fair, like, uh, C.J. Anderson being a very competent, like, runner, pr- shows to me that they want Carrion Johnson to be more of a pass catcher and maybe a five, uh, maybe like a 8-10 to 10 carry a game guy. This, while it could end up in RB2 value, <coughs> Limits his upside severely, and Marlon Mack has very high upside playing under that Colts offense. And if he could develop more of a pass-catching game, then he could be one of the uh, top seven or so running backs in fantasy. And right now, you could get him around the price of an RB15, which is also where Kerryon Johnson's going. In half PPR, I still take Marlon Mack uh, for the aforementioned reasons and the guaranteed role, but... In full point PPR, it gets interesting, and I would strongly consider Carrion Johnson there because he is a much better pass catcher. That is undisputable about the two. So I think that it's very close. I would still lean Marlon Mack just a bit. I'm very high on him because I think that Naeem Hines, while he is a pass catching specialist, uh, does not offer anything in the running game. And Marlon Mack has a huge touchdown potential playing with Andrew Luck. And likely still will get a few passes here and there on screens. Um, But yeah, there it's very interesting. And I also don't believe in Jordan Wilkins. I don't think he's 
uh, NFL ready running. I don't think he's an NFL running back who can be a starter who, who is nothing more than like a complimentary piece. All right, and then George from uh, George also from Canada writes trade Adams and Alshon for Hopkins and Aguilar in Dynasty, and this is in a standard uh, standard setting. So I'd say if it's Adams for Hopkins straight up, easily I'd take Hopkins because uh, Aaron Rodgers has fewer years than um, Deshaun Watson left, and I think that Hopkins, like, he's just an incredible talent. So I definitely go Hopkins there. But Alshon and Aguilar, it's most clearly Alshon. So I'd say it depends on how your team's constructed. If you have a lot of wide receiver talent, then uh, I feel like you could trade for Hopkins and Deshaun. That way you could have a bona fide number one for at least another like six, seven years. And uh, you could just cut your losses with uh, Aguilar vs. Alshon. But Adams, like I think he has another great three years left with Aaron Rodgers. And after that, we need to see, like there's a bit of uncertainty there if he'll be the number one and who his quarterback will be. So let's actually move on to a couple of more topics because we have some time. Let's talk about some guys that we don't want to forget because these players are returning from injury from last season. So let's talk about some running backs. Devonta Freeman is one of them. And due to injury, he only played in two games last season, dealing with both foot and knee injuries and a groin injury throughout the year. Uh, the knee injury is a big concern because he's had this in past, injuring his MCL and PCL uh, in week six, 17 prior to that. But I think that Devonta Freeman will not play 16 games next season. I think a more realistic over-under is set at around 12 games. However, I think that Devonta Freeman's just being forgotten. He's sliding into the fourth, fifth round of drafts, whereas before, like even last year, I drafted him as a second round uh, talent because although his he had knee injuries and knee concerns like we didn't know that he would be this injury prone so I don't think he should go in the second round again but I think you could get value at the end of the third round or start of the fourth round and yeah that's definitely a spot where you want to look for him so next let's look at we already mentioned Darius guys so we'll skip that but Jay Ajayi Jay Ajayi um, his concerns is right knee Caused him to fall in the NFL draft. And uh, his other knee ended up like making him go to IR last year. Tearing his ACL. And honestly, like, Jayajayi is injury prone. Ha and in both of his knees, pretty weak. But he's still very talented. And right now, he does not have a team. So, depending on where he lands, he could be uh, like a mid-later round sleeper. Uh, to be a good value at his position. AJ Green is another one. And I've seen it's ridiculous. AJ Green's falling into the third round. End of the second, early third round of drafts. Which is just incredible considering that AJ Green is one of the best wide receivers in this entire league. And definitely warrants being uh, a start or middle of second round pick. Uh, he's just someone to look at because although he does have... Uh, toe injuries, like and foot injuries throughout of his throughout his career, he is an extremely high reward player who can end up benefiting your team and being a league winner. 
Cooper Cup is another one. Because at the end of the season, we saw how Robert Woods and Brandon Cooks were the wide receivers who finished the season strong for the Rams. But Cooper Cup injuring his MCL in his left knee and tearing his ACL in the same knee, like, he still was incredibly good uh, this, this season. He probably will be limited for most of off-season work, which is a slight concern, but considering the fact that the coaching... Um, the coaching is like stable and Jared Goff has had a year with Cooper Cup. He should be fine. And Cooper Cup should definitely be drafted ahead of where he's being drafted now. Like I've seen him go in the sixth round in some leagues and he definitely is like a fourth, fifth round talent. I'd say closer to fourth round. Will Fuller and Kiki QT. We'll just go and do both of them because both have been injury plagued throughout last year and Will Fuller throughout his career. Kiki with a hamstring injury and Fuller with the ACL. Uh, Fuller is more of a deep threat, whereas Kiki can play as a possession type wide receiver. DeAndre Hopkins is undisputedly the number one, but Will Fuller is incredibly talented and a great weapon for Deshaun Watson. And honestly, I, he's one of my favorite players that I'm targeting, both of them in fact, but especially Will Fuller because if he stays healthy, he is a double-digit fantasy points per game type of guy who uh, is a WR2, uh, and that's pretty guaranteed while he is healthy. Tight ends include OJ Howard, Hunter Henry, Tyler Eifert, Jack Doyle. Like All of these guys are players that uh, were injured for at least a lot of off last year and definitely can be uh, good entering next season. Especially going towards OJ Howard and Hunter Henry. Both of those guys are going to be drafted as top six tight ends. And I think that OJ has a chance to finish as a number three tight end ahead of Kittle. And uh, Henry can finish as number four and number five. So they are players that some people are forgetting. But for the most part, they're being remembered fairly well. Let's go to quarterbacks. And Jimmy Garoppolo is... Um, huge one because last year he has been drafted near the top 10 but this year he's being drafted at around QB 17 which is incredible value at that point and if he plays like he did in 2017 and uh, in those two games with the Patriots then Jimmy Garoppolo can legitimately be a top 8 quarterback where when you're drafting him is close to like the last four rounds of the draft you can get massive return on your investment. And Jimmy Garoppolo is extremely talented, as we've seen. Does have some injury concerns with his ACL. And it, with the Patriots organization, he got injured a, a few times there. Andy Dalton, not really a, um, like a draftable quarterback, but is definite streamer who people are going to be forgetting. But it's more for the offense in general. Like, I feel like AJ Green's going to get a boost because uh, as much as I like their backup uh, Driscoll, I still think that Andy Dalton is a far better quarterback and will help that offense in a massive way. And uh, uh, Tyler Boyd also gets a markup, especially in PPR, because I think that he is more of the possession-wide receiver type as compared to uh, AJ Green. Like, that's just my perception. I know a lot of other people see it a different way but looking at their skill sets I feel like they can uh, develop into those respective roles all right actually we're getting some more questions in here we got a couple more into 
the mailbox right now I just checked. And one of them is Damian Williams or Sony Michelle. And this is for drafting next season. Now, if it has to be now, like the draft must be now in on in non PPR I take Sony. In on in like half PPR I still take Sony just because I know his role is guaranteed. But in PPR, I definitely take, um, yeah, I, I definitely take Damian Williams there because I think that just the massive amount of upside that Williams gives you, being the Chiefs running back, like that's just incredible. And if you could capitalize on the upside, then you could get access to, uh, like a running back being drafted as an RB two, like late RB two, early RB three, as like a top six running back. Which is incredible, but I am not sure if he's going to get the job over Carlos Hyde or someone they draft, like a Josh Jacobs or something like that. Right, that's it for this podcast, guys. And I'm sorry it was a bit of a short one today, but I've just kind of I've been planning a podcast coming up very soon. We're going to have a guest on the show, um, and we're going to be discussing some mock drafts that we do. So yeah, stay tuned for that. If you guys like the podcast, please check us out on iTunes, Apple po- or which is Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Castbacks, wherever you get them. And yeah, uh, subscribe, rate, review, and yeah, that's it for this podcast, guys. All right.